welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hardunger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Happy Monday. Happy first Monday in February. Maybe if I've really gotten my act together, there might even be a newsletter out this month, although I'm not entirely convinced of that. So we'll get to my personal overwhelm a little bit later in this episode. But first, we are going to dedicate today to Q&A. I do get a number of questions that come through email, some audio questions, although fewer of those recently. I think I need to remind people that that audio option is there. And then sometimes questions will come in through blog comments as well. And I'm usually pretty good about saving them all in my Apple Notes app, which is kind of my digital filing cabinet. I'm not always so good about remembering to circle back to questions that I thought were great but didn't fit in a given week. So today is a little bit of a catch-up Q&A type of episode, and some of these questions are about planner recommendations, and some are not, so we'll just go ahead and start moving. All right, this first question comes from listener M. She wrote, Hi, Sarah. I have loved using the Week on One page Whitney English Academic Planner since June. I decided to look it up after you recommended it to someone on the podcast and went into detail about it. She's probably referring to the planner matchmaking session I did with my other podcast co-host, Laura Vanderkam. I actually did a whole interview with her on what she wanted in a planner product and ended up recommending for her and then buying for her the Whitney English Week on One Page Planner, which she's been using, I believe, since July of 2021 or so. So I'll have to circle back with her to find out if she has consistently used that up until now and what she's thinking about for next year. But yes, that it's probably the episode this person is referring to. All right, back to the question. She writes, I love the page format and quality, but can't get used to the form factor with a basically unfoldable cover. Why have it be spiral bound if you can't fold it back? So the Whitney English has kind of a unique, almost like halfway binder style where it is spiral, but there's like a binder cover that goes so I can kind of see what she's saying. Okay, so she continues. I've been looking at the moleskin for next June, which being bound, I kind of really like coming from years of using a Leuchtturm style notebook for my bullet journal. But I was wondering if you knew of any other planners with a similar format to the Whitney English. Why, yes. I am sure there are actually many planners with that format, but two came to mind initially. And so I will share them and then I will leave it to you listeners to perhaps add others. And the format, by the way, is that the left has all of the days of the week, like horizontally. So the page is divided up into seven horizontal sections. And then the right has more like to-do list space. And then each day usually has some days that are like schedule spaces for schedule and some spaces for to-do items. So these two ideas aren't exactly mirroring that format, but they kind of have similar content and could be adapted to be used very similar to the Whitney English. The first is the Ashley Shelley Signature Weekly Planner. It comes in a variety of colors, a lot of blues and a beautiful floral. So I link to that one and I'll link to that in the show notes. Also spiral bound, also a beautiful, very stylish looking book with a similar format. And the other one is the Sprouted Planner, and I did a detailed review of the Sprouted Weekly Planner, including filling out my own faux spread in that planner, and it indeed has a similar layout to the Whitney English, uh, with also some extra kind of very open-ended bonus grid space and note space. So yeah, those are my two picks if you're looking for days of the week on one side and a lot of note space and kind of to-do area and schedule area all built in. Those are two you might want to check out. 
All right, next question. Hi, I have a question for you about academic calendars or ones that start in July and making summer plans. I'm using the Kit Life Daily Planner after hearing you talk about it on a past episode, and I'm loving it. I started using it last August, and my current planner will end in June. I'm starting to make plans for the summer, and I have some details and dates I want to add, but it ends before I can add those dates in. When do academic calendars typically get released? It feels silly to buy another planner for 2022 when I already have one that's working. Maybe buy just a three-month spread for the summer or a monthly calendar that starts in January. Thank you so much. Okay, so I don't use an academic... Well, I have recently, but this year I'm not using any academic planners. But what I tend to do when I'm getting maybe midway through the year and I start to get key dates for months that are in front of the dates in my planner, like let's say it's, I don't know, August, and I'm already getting a bunch of dates for January and February because the truth is that's not that far from August and it's not inconceivable that... For example, you might get all the school calendar dates at the beginning of the academic year, but you're using a yearly planner. So kind of same issue. I have dealt with this in a couple of ways. One is the super low-tech way, which is to go ahead and print a bunch of monthly spreads from a free calendar printing app like timeanddate.com or whatever your favorite one is, and just print them out and fold them up and fit them into your planner. And then there you go. You have a monthly slot, a daily slot, not a huge slot, but probably enough to jot down big commitments that are coming up for every day. And then once you are ready to start your next planner, which should end around the time that your should start around the time that your current planner ends, you will just transcribe those dates on your sheets into the next planner. Fun fact, I did this one year, might have been 2020, maybe it was 2019, I don't know. And then I lost the paper. So that was really bad because I couldn't really remember like what I had written down and I didn't figure out that I had lost it until maybe like December. So all these dates that I had collected for January, February, March, whatever, I couldn't find for the longest time. And then I ended up finding the page like in the bottom of my little entry in my office. But I kind of had a heart attack for a while because that was where I had been corralling all those future dates that they didn't since they didn't fit in my planner itself. I needed somewhere to put them. So do this at your own risk. Make some sort of, I don't know, neon color on the page so you don't accidentally throw it out if it doesn't look, you know, very important. Or you could purchase an inexpensive monthly planner and tuck that into your planner and keep future dates there. So I did this as well. Um, As 2021 was kind of wrapping up, I bought myself the Ashley Shelley monthly planner. Wow, this is like an Ashley Shelley themed episode or something. Anyway, it's it's not too expensive. I got the Amanda's Favorites rainbow version. It was something like $15 or $16. And that was enough space where I could put any future dates that I knew I was going to transfer into my future Hobonichi before I actually had that next year's planner. So I guess my answer to you is get some sort of stopgap measure or just buy your next planner. I mean, you asked when academic planners get released. A lot of them come out in like April or so, sometimes May, because a lot of them start in June or July. So it really does depend on the brand, but there usually is a little bit of warning because planner companies are savvy to the fact that you may have future dates that you want to write in. They're not going to sell you a planner that starts in July, like only starting in June or anything like that. So that would be the three options. Throw away pieces of paper, kind of a notebook version um, like I mentioned, like a little monthly planner pamphlet style thing that's kind of in between just printer paper or just buy your next planner. All right. 
That was a great question. I have struggled with that. And again, those are kind of the things that I've done. If anybody has other things that they do, maybe an electronic solution or maybe repurposing a notes page in their own current planner, if there's enough space to write down future dates would be another option and probably less prone to getting lost than my printer paper solution that I have used previously. All right, we are going to take a quick ad break and we will be right back. If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, and each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel, productivity expert David Allen on getting things done, and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from Protein Plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit jennykane.com and use code plans for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right, we are back with another excellent question that comes from listener S. She writes, I have a question about planning when you have confidential client info that needs to stay confidential. I'm currently using the Erin Condren Life Planner for a weekly planner. I love the vertical layout with the three boxes I can use for different areas in my life. I'm an attorney, so my client information needs to stay strictly confidential. The Life Planner Weekly View is great because I can just write court or mediation in my workbox in that planner, but I don't really know how to do daily planning. I just have to do lists on notepads in my office for what specific work tasks need to be done, as well as our practice management software and Outlook. Is daily planning worth it? I like the idea of something like the Full Focus Planner, but with so much of my work tasks relating to confidential client matters, it seems like much of it would be wasted space. That is a great question. 
I run into that as well to some extent. And the ways that I have gotten around it are I don't write any specific patient data into my planner. If I'm just trying to keep track of like how many notes I've done, I just put little blank boxes and fill them in. As silly as that sounds, it's like I still, I don't know, can see myself making progress throughout the day and find checking off those boxes satisfying, even though they are blank. Those of you who have seen my daily spreads on a work day know what I'm talking about when I say those boxes, but I will show an example if I remember in the show notes. You could also do some coding. So like, you know, I I don't know how feasible this is in your line of work, but for me, I could put, you know, one word that kind of jogs my memory about a case. Like I would just write thyroid, (laughs) you know, that's very nonspecific and it could refer to a lot of my patients. But if I kind of know in my mind, you know, what I need to follow up on, if I have an active patient, then that may be all I need to jog my memory and I don't need to be as specific and I can't be. Or maybe I'll even write thyroid and like the first initial, like C thyroid or something like that. Like, so coding can be an effective way of having some confidential info. You just have to be very careful to make sure it's very, very coded and, you know, not just loosely coded so that someone could figure it out. If that's not feasible to you, Another option might be to use a tear-off pad. So Ink and Volt makes a lot of really beautiful tear-off pads that are very work-appropriate where you could plan on writing on it throughout the day, just like you do your legal pads currently, and then shredding it every day. I mean, there's nothing about a daily planner that says you need to keep it. In fact, I, even though I like using products like Full Focus and the Hobonichi, Part of me would be completely content with just ripping out each page as it goes because I don't really refer back to my daily plans at all. I have satisfaction in kind of keeping a running daily planner that's just sort of fun for me, but it's not necessary that I keep every page. So one compromise here might be a beautifully made daily tear-off sheet. All right, we have another question here. I am a longtime fan of your blog and podcast. I really like your compassionate voice and you inspire me to achieve my goals. I need help. I want to splurge and buy a $40 Erin Condren monthly planner, but my husband and I are paying down a lot of credit card debt and student loan debt, and I just can't justify that splurge. I use an undated Panda planner for my daily pages. I really want to be able to carry a 12-month planner so I can put in all the school year dates and look forward to vacations. Do the Erin Condren dated planners ever go on clearance further into the year? Is there another monthly planner that has luxurious, nice paper, but is also more affordable? All right. I love this question. So first of all, yes, I have seen Erin Condren planners go on pretty significant sale, but usually it doesn't happen until like pretty far into the year. Like a yearly planner might go on super sale in April when there are, you know, seven, eight months left to use in your planner. Probably not going to go on clearance sale like in February. So if you need something now for the calendar year, then you know, you may not be able to get something too soon at bargain basement prices. But I have a few other really fun ideas for you. Another listener actually alerted me to how nice some of the Blue Sky planners are. Blue Sky used to be, I think, affiliated with Target, or at least they had their goods at Target. But they often are associated with other big planner designers and do collaborations. And then they make the planner products at a more affordable price than the signature versions of each planner. So one example that's really, really popular is the Day Designer has a Blue Sky version, which is available on Amazon. I think at least previously it was available at Target as well. And then another one which I found very intriguing is the Inkwell Press Blue Sky Planner, which is a wire-bound, beautiful with Inkwell Press formatting and design, which I really enjoy. 
but at a very affordable price, much cheaper than buying an entire inkwell press system. Another wonderful affordable option which can be found at Amazon is the Clever Fox Planner. I've heard a lot of really good things about it. I have not done a full review, but compared to a lot of other planners that have a lot of different features and feature the entire year, it's at a much more affordable price than some I've seen, like often under $20. And then finally, I mentioned Whitney English earlier in this episode. She is a brand that often has amazing flash sales. So if you follow Whitney English on Instagram, sometimes she will pop up and say like, all of my planners are $21 from you know 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time or whatever it is. Like they're usually very specific instructions. But I think what she's trying to do is get her really loyal followers to be able to get a great deal and access her products at a better price than she normally offers. So that's another brand to really keep your eye on because again, you can get some like bargain basement prices for a really luxury item. All right, I think that's pretty much it for catch up on my questions. I also wanted to draw attention to an email I received today from the company Archer and Olive. They make gorgeous bullet journal style notebooks like with cloth covers and just like amazingly thick paper. And I think I've talked about Archer and Olive previously. I used them for my, the one time I forayed into like full on bullet journaling, I used an Archer and Olive notebook to do that. And I really enjoyed just that luscious paper And they are doing a wonderful job with a whole lineup for Black History Month with a bunch of creators presenting their artwork, coming for chats on Zoom. And I'll just quote from their website. They said that these are open to anyone who wants to listen, learn, and converse about topics affecting Black people. We do ask that you use this time to learn or unlearn and be respectful of the topics presented. So I particularly was excited to see a couple of my favorite creators. Plan with Lore is going to be featured on February 10th at 8 p.m. And then Megan and Myra from Planners and Wine on February 24th at 8 p.m. And those are both free um, events via Zoom. You just go to Archer and Olive on Instagram to see the details. But I think that's just super exciting and looking forward to participating or at least watching because <laughs> it sounds like fun. and. I don't know. Those are some of my favorites. So I'm excited to enjoy them in that format. All right. So the final thing I wanted to talk about was this podcast. I don't know, guys. I love doing this podcast. I think it's really, really fun. I have been so excited to see it grow this past year. I know that being really lucky enough to be featured on some bigger podcasts has really helped me uh, get more listeners. And it's been a lot of fun but I'm also struggling with just a lot of balls in the air in my life right now. So I started this podcast in August of 2020, and it was at a time when everything was virtual and everything was like in this weird limbo. Like it almost felt like time had frozen in a way, like every day was the same and we couldn't do anything. And now, yes, we have COVID, but we are like living with COVID rather than, you know, taking a pause, I guess. And a lot of the things that were stopped have all restarted, but I haven't stopped any of the things I started doing during the pandemic. And I'm just starting to deal with a lot more overwhelm than I have in a while. So I'm trying to rethink the cadence of this podcast. And I'm thinking about perhaps making it a two times a month podcast. I haven't entirely decided. I really hope that my listeners would stick around even if it were a little bit less frequent or even if it were like two times a month minimum, but then sometimes you get little bonuses if stuff comes out, maybe that would be a fun way to do it with some really short mini episodes between the quote unquote real episodes. I don't know. I have to think about it. If you have suggestions or thoughts or formats that you really enjoy other podcasts in, let me know. 
As it is, I only do interviews about once a month and I don't plan on increasing that because that does take a lot more time. I have to coordinate with somebody else's schedule and then like I can't do it as flexibly versus these little one-off episodes that I'm recording. I can do kind of whenever I want, even like right before bed or on weekend downtime, etc. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll make it a daily five-minute podcast. No, I'm just kidding. That would be insane. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just looking for feedback and we'll see where things go. But thank you so much for listening so far. Or if you're a relatively new listener, there's a whole fun back catalog to enjoy. So I hope you enjoy digging through the archives. Finally, if there's some background noise on this episode, in particular, I apologize. My kids got home earlier than expected. And this episode's just got to get recorded. So bear with me. You can find all of the show notes and lots of blog posts by me at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. Send me an email at shoeboxblog at gmail.com. That's S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. Leave me a voice question. Send me an email question. Send me some suggestion or some new hot planner tip. I want it all. Keep communicating with me because that's what makes this so much fun to do. And I will most likely see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.